Random. Podcast. Spectacular of all time. Welcome to Randomania. It's a podcast where we select a WrestleMania match or two at random, and then we talk about them. That's right, old wrestling, old fucking wrestling, like really old wrestling, old wrestling. Even the second one's still old wrestling. Old Wrestling! My name is Brad. Thank you for listening once again. Joining me this week as always is my brother Matt. How you doing? I'm doing very well. It's nice to see your face and hear your voice. Uh, big day today. There's football on and I'm excited and I'm ready to talk about some old ass wrestling. And uh, we were just kind of talking about, uh, well, how about this? Let's tell them we got a two for today. Let's start with that. We have a two for, yeah. Immediately at the end of last episode, we, I knew right away we are going to need... Something else to talk about. Because what was the first match we got? Well, kudos, because once we got this one, yeah, you were immediately like, we should do a second one. And I was like, oh, okay. Not realizing that this was what this is. It's match number 14 from WrestleMania 2, held on April 7th, 1986. This portion's at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, Illinois, in front of an estimated 9,000 people. I couldn't find really good numbers on that. Because um, they combined all the venues for one attendance, but they estimated that this was the worst house of them all, about nine grand. It's the fabulous Moolah versus Velvet McIntyre for the WWF Women's Championship. WrestleMania 2! WrestleMania 2, this is the opening match of the Chicago portion, as I mentioned. It's right after the Piper uh, main event, uh, Mr. T boxing match from New York. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is one of four matches from the Chicago portion. I, I I know one of them, but I don't know if I know the other two off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, no, I know the Battle Royal. Yep. I want to say that there's like a, a tag match maybe yeah. with JYD or, or Steamboat somewhere is in this venue too, I think. But I'm not. It's not where the Bulldogs sure. match, is it? The Bulldogs no, because I think Bulldogs are in L.A., I think. Oh, That's why okay. Ozzy's there. That's right. Okay. Because I knew they had a good one. That's one of... Like a couple of good matches on all of WrestleMania 2. Uh, WrestleMania 2, kind of a uh, experimental thing for the WWF at the time, right? It was I mean, this, honest to goodness, it's the second time they ever did the event, and they've never done this since. So that's how yeah. big of an undertaking it is in 1986, coming from three different venues. It's nuts. Wall to wall, B list celebrities. <laughs> totally. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's so quite many. the event. It's very interesting. Um, definitely. It's a good thing three happened because this looked like we were going the wrong direction after one. Yeah, you know this, 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 yeah, yeah. If I'm if I'm my age in '86, I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I might have to go hitch my wagon to NWA and their Great American Bash. That seemed much more interesting, you know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so WrestleMania two, like we said, Rosemont Horizon, nine thousand people. The main event of this was that battle royal where there was a bunch of re- uh, football players in it. Yeah, um, many Chicago Bears, I think. Um, so I know one for sure. Yeah. Um, and there's a big white guy in there. I forget who he was, but um, Bill Fralick. 
the big the one guy that looked yeah. in shape, Bill Freilich. He was a <laughs> defensive lineman, I'm pretty sure, for the Falcons. Falcons, yeah. Okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, big personality, too. One of those guys that's just got a big personality. He should be a wrestler, you know what I mean? He's, he's yeah. Baron Corbin before Baron Corbin. Yeah, I was going to say, he comes around 25, 30 years later, and he probably is a star. So, um, anyway, that's cool. Uh, but <laughs> we're talking about the opening match. The fabulous for, Moolah. Yeah. Fabulous versus Moolah. Velvet McIntyre. Now, let me tell you, this has got some weird backstories to it, man. Agreed. Um, How far back do you want to go? We, I guess we go back to WrestleMania 1, where, where Wendy Richter wins the title from Lalani Kai, who's doing the bidding for Fabulous Moolah. And then, obviously, Cindy Lauper is with Wendy Richter. So, that's a huge thing. So, Wendy Richter is the champ. And then, what can only be described as the first screw job before the Montreal screw job is some... I think she got a little too big for her britches, maybe, Wendy Richter did. And she kind of held out or, like, didn't do no show or something of this nature, right? Yeah. Basically, what happened with her, from what I understand, is that she was being grossly undercompensated. She was getting paid, like, a mid-card person... And not being paid like the champ, but despite everything she did for the company, all the rock and wrestling and the Cindy Lauper stuff was with her, and she was definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely not getting paid according to her what she should have been paid. So she was getting kind of mad. In fact, the, the night of sure. the original screw job, she like went to Vince and was like, "You gotta pay me more," and he was like, "Oh yeah, you're no longer champ." And then screwed her over. She didn't know what was happening. She didn't even know who her opponent was that night. It was supposed to be some other girl, the Spider that. Moolah was dressed up as the spider with a mask, the spider lady. Yeah, spider lady. And that was being played by a different person altogether at the time. Uh, and so Moolah hopped in the costume without even Randy Richter even knowing. She didn't know it was her until she got to the ring. She was like, what the fuck is Moolah? Moolah starts going like, you know, I watched the match too, actually. Uh, it's weird. Did you? Yeah, I watched the screw job. It's in Madison Square Garden. Um, I didn't see the whole match, or, I guess. I saw the finish for sure. Uh, yeah, she just sort of lands on her, or it doesn't move, uh, and there's a one, and she kicks out, and the ref goes two, three. Uh, and Wendy Richter's like, doesn't think it's over, so she continues the match. She, continues, she does like a, she, Mula sandbags her when she tries to give her a backbreaker. Oh, the, the bell's like awkwardly ringing. It's weird. And so then, uh, like, they get the belt in the ring. She's ripping it out of the hands of the, of the, uh, of the ref. Because she's like, this is mine. Moolah's walking around with her arms out like she won. And Wendy Richter looks like she's like, what the fuck is happening? She gets the belt from her, starts whipping with her eventually. Um, uh, it's it, it's a, one of the weirdest things I've seen. Like, and it's for real. She looks at she looks into the straight into the hard camera and says like, is this how we're gonna do this? And she says somebody's name or something like that. And she leaves. After that, she got into a taxi cab. She went and changed her clothes at the airport. Went home and never came back. Yeah, so that was it, it, right? That was it. That was kudos on the nice recap. That was very good. That was like I understand exactly what happened. So is this probably on a Coliseum video release somewhere it in had, the world? Or? It had commentary from Gorilla Monsoon on it. They're even confused. They're like, I guess you won. <laughs> it's it's interesting totally that weird. They, they would put that on a home video. I mean, they would have had to, or maybe it was directly from taped from. MSG Network or something back in the day, because that was a thing. Like, who knows? Could have been. But, yeah, there was commentary. They were confused. You um, got that on YouTube? 
I believe so. I've, I read an article. I believe it was on uh, WrestlingStories.com or ProWrestlingStories.com okay. okay. or something like that. But um, there was a wow. link to the clip. I think it was on YouTube, honestly. And it was uh, bizarre as hell. So anyway. If you still have the clip, you should send me the link. I'll post that on our socials. Everybody can check that out. Because I would like to see that. I don't believe I've ever seen that before. Yeah, it's wild. So yeah, it's worth a look. Interesting. Yeah, Wendy Richter then was pretty much persona non grata uh, for, oh, I mean... 30 years? Because she so, went in the hall, of, the hall of Fame. I don't know what year that was, but she... Uh, like 2010. 2010. So, yeah. I mean, that's a long time. 25 years? 24 years? Jeez Louise. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, so, so that leads into Moolah. Now they, then they recognize Moolah as being champ. Like, it's Spider-Lady's Moolah. Oh, and now Moolah's champ. And now she's defending her at WrestleMania 2, right? No? So that's the other thing, right? When... <laughs> When it's announced that she's champion, Howard Finkel's like, you're a new women's champion, Spider Lady, Moolah? He's all confused about it, so it was really weird. Anyway, so yeah. It's a work. It's all the work, brother. No, I believe that. Now, oh, by the way, going back to the points about, like, uh, the disgruntledness and shit, I believe probably two things. I believe both sides. Yes, she was grossly underpaid. No doubt that she was not getting paid what she deserved for being such a big angle and being the damn champ and touring the country with it. On the other hand, you signed the contract. Yeah. Right. She wanted the new contract to be paid more because she deserved it. But, I mean, that's not how it works sometimes. And uh, yeah. you can't shake down the promotion. You should probably yeah. not shake down Vince. It doesn't, it doesn't really work, work with anybody. It didn't work <laughs> with her here. It didn't work with the Warrior in 91. It didn't work with Jeff Jarrett in 95. Or 98 or whatever that was. 98. It didn't work. Yeah. Uh, both times, actually. Uh, <laughs> like... But by God, people, hey, Vince is very forgiving. All those people came back, right? So multiple times, yep. for fuck's sake. Anyway, yep. here at WrestleMania 2, uh, I don't really think that there's much of a feud with Velvet McIntyre that I know about. I mean, I don't even know much about Velvet McIntyre, except that she's from Ireland. She's actually Canadian. She was a, she's actually Canadian? She's Canadian-Irish, yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, it was an Irish character, yeah. and she was a WWF Women's Tag Champ with Princess Victoria, apparently in like '83 or something. I didn't really even know there was WWF Women's Tag Team Champions in like '83. No, n- no, did I? Have no, no fucking idea. The first Women's Tag Champs I remember are like the Glamour Girls and the Jumping Bomb Angels. Like I don't right. even. I have no idea. So that but, came, like, they got them off of them. So they were actually the NWA Tag Team Champions in, like, 83. Oh. And when they was merged with, somehow with Vince Sr. and Vince Jr. and all that, they took the tag titles with. Also, interesting fact, um, Velvet McIntyre held the Tag Team Championship with two different partners for 811 combined days. Straight. Holy crap. Talk about her. Let's put her, let's put her on the names of some people. That's what put I'm saying. Her, I was like, put her in the oh. fucking Hall of Fame. That's what I'm saying after this, because I'm like, hang on a fucking second. This lady was actually amazing, but she didn't get, like, any, like, I don't know. No kudos. No love. No kudos. No love. Despite being the longest reigning tag champion probably ever, I don't think anyone would ever be close. (laughs) Dude, I want to get that stat and throw it online. Maybe she's on the socials. We'll get get all the old school women's wrestlers digging our shit because they worked their ass off and had to deal with asshole fabulous moolah the whole fucking time. Yeah. So... There is conflicting reports on the uh, assholiness of Moolah as well. Holiness, assholiness. We, we can get into it if you want. What I know, right, in, as a fan, casual fan, is that Moolah is problematic in that she held a lot of people back. That's all I knew before this morning. <laughs> what do you know? 
What I know is that she was the trainer for many of the females. Like, I would say more than half of any of the wrestlers in the United States were all trained by Moolah, and the other half were trained by just various random people. And if you're a Moolah girl, you got a big cut of the money that they made because you trained her. She booked, like, dictated your bookings. There are rumors that she would make some of the girls she trained with sleep with the boys. Uh... Some shit like that. Held them down for money. If they were starting to get too popular, squash them, make up stories, fuck with them, get them, you know, not booked, shit like that. I think a lot of that happened, but I also think there's some gray area here because there's a lot of reports from a lot of people who were her top girls who said, that never happened to me, and I don't know yep. who that happened to. So Yeah, I agree with know, that as well. I do, But I, I'm, that's a flip side. Yeah. Is so she I'm thinking, totally contributing to the wrestling business? You goddamn right. So, yeah. yeah. It's wrestling business, right? Key word of that is business. A lot of times when people feel like they were screwed, they can get bitter, right? And so then you start telling stories about how horrible it was Mm -hmm. working for this woman uh, when there are multiple accounts that refute those things and say that it wasn't true. It was just also a difficult business to get get it going in. Especially if you're a female. Yeah, so... Just, while I do agree that there's probably a part of the if you were in a Moolah girl, you you don't get a shot because that's really all that ever got a shot was the Moolah girls. So um, there is, there's got to be something to that. But I also feel like she's a shrewd businesswoman, right? And so she's, yeah. she came from a big family. She was the, she had 13 kids, I think it was, and she was the only girl and she was the youngest. Anyway, interesting yeah. story. That's fighting. That's fighting the whole your whole damn life right there. Yeah. So she came up from a tough life, and she was came up poor. And she said, "I'm never be poor again." I can respect the true business, especially in the wrestling business, right? Where you it's can, called show business, not show friendship. Yeah, you could be, you could be kind of the worst in the wrestling business, especially in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Let's put it this way: you can be the worst in the seventies and eighties and become a billionaire. Yeah, it's true. So um, it's, it's, start a football league and. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but, like, it ain't no... What she did probably is no worse than anything anybody else that higher power in wrestling in those days did, right? That's what I'm saying, too. But also, that doesn't make her a good person. That it doesn't makes, make her right. Yeah, that doesn't make yeah. her right. Well, so... Like, oh. If you're going to be a predator, that's probably not the best thing to do. Now, again, this is alleged shit. Like, none of this knows to be fact. I don't need a goddamn lawsuit from the, from the Moolah estate. Like, I respect what she did in wrestling, and she was a big name, and, like... Right, first, first female WWE Hall of Famer, by the way. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go buy her action figures, but she did yeah. what she did. Yeah. So anyway, but, that's how we got to WrestleMania two. Uh, interesting, <laughs> interesting note though: uh, Valvin McIntyre wrestles without boots, barefoot. Yeah, barefoot. That's wrestling. my first note. Barefoot. Didn't really realize that. Uh, I think I yeah. probably did, did realize it at some point, but just forgot. You know. Yeah, there was a. She was a victim of a rib. Somebody hit her boots, and so she had to go out there without them. And then she's like, "Well, I guess this is what I do now, Allie." And so then she wears boots, no boots. It's fact. She is said, that "Real? It. It's real." She said that. Yeah. You did more research than I did. What is happening here? You probably got me on the next match. I got you on this one. Okay. Uh, on heads up, by the way, Gorilla Monsoon, Mean Gene Okerlund, and Kathy Lee Crosby. Yeah, I couldn't tell you why Kathy Lee Crosby is famous. So she used to be. A- uh, professional tennis player. Oh. And then she became an actress, and she was on a lot of kind of like TV procedurals and like TV shows and a few kind of B movies here or there. I wouldn't say she's like a big star, but she's on TV. People know who she is. Okay. You Fair know, enough. It'd be I'll like Anthony, Anthony Anderson showing up to a thing or like somebody who's always on TV, like a fucking, 
you know, that's Drew Carey. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, that's yeah. he's a yeah. bigger name than that. No, um, I would say that is pretty comparable. That's pretty comparable. Well, Drew Carey in two thousand and whatever year that was one. Sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. TV stars nice comp. Time. Nice comp. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, good thing the match was short, so I don't have to listen to that for very long. Right. So this was right. This is this not only she was not the first guest commentator on. Like this is obviously part of what they realized they need to not do ever again. Right, because yeah, they had was it um, um, was it Mary Hart the other one who was uh, I think Mary Hart at the next year, but they had we talked about her on the different WrestleMania <sighs> two matches. She was Dick Ebersol's wife. That's right, but she's, but she's all, but also an actress. Yeah, doing commentary during the New York portion of this, and it's just weird because they don't know what they're talking about. Like they do, but they don't. You know what I mean? They're just calling it as they see it, not calling it like wrestling, and it's very awkward and weird. So they don't know what to say. It's fucking brutal. Yeah. So, you know, uh, say what you will about this match, but it was action-packed from bell to bell. Yes, it was. It got a quick start, and they're just, we're going to kind of beat the shit out of each other. And then uh, it looks a little stiff from Moolah, because I think all of Moolah's matches look a little stiff. And then uh, uh, Velvet McIntyre goes for a splash, and her titty pops out. Yep. And we get I mean, a, a splash and a splash, and the worst pin ever. And I think it's another screw job, because her fucking feet are on the ropes. Puts on the rope, yep. Unless, yep. here's the theory that I read, is that she really did have a wardrobe malfunction and she wouldn't be able to continue the match. So they just ended mm. there. I don't think so, though. Because it was... Kind of, I know. There wasn't much of a wardrobe to malfunction. <laughs> just, put it, just put it back in, right? But also, yes, I distinctly remember being a young man, a very young Me man, too. watching Me this too. with our father. And did he... Did we rewind it or did he just I, point it out? I'm pretty sure we paused. He, he it was a pause and a rewind type of thing. <laughs> so I didn't. I forgot about it until it happened. She went to the second rope. Oh, where titty comes out. <laughs> but it doesn't really. I mean, it does. No, it doesn't. You don't, you don't really doesn't. see. I mean, you don't. You see way more in just the normal gear on today's you know TV wrestlers. So like, uh, yeah. But it could have been bad. You know. I'm, sure I'm glad you remember that as well. Pain. Which is probably uh, yeah. the first time I ever watched WrestleMania two. By the way, so that's. It's just oh, wild memories just flying back all of a sudden because one titty. So, yeah, uh, by the way, Fabulous Moolah wins to retain at a minute and 25 seconds. Yeah. They, they claim, hey, this got to be a record. This has got to be a record. Uh, that's what Gorilla's saying. Um, Might have been another sandbag job, man. I mean, she fucking splashes her so hard and then just lays there. And her feet are on the ropes. Yeah. And the ref's, like, down, like, right at the shoulders. One, two, three. Apparently that guy is the normal ref for the MSG shows. I didn't know that. Or the Chicago shows, I meant. I had no idea. Yeah, the ring announcer is Chet Kopic, by the way, who had a TV talk show a long time on, like, past sports and stuff. Past sports is relevant because that is the first place we saw ECW. ECW. I'm, like, uh, walking across the, uh, like, what the fuck is this? What? Is that, what the fuck? Is that Tommy Dreamer? Yeah, I mean, we knew what it was. Brad, so uh, uh, go, Brad, go, <laughs> go to pass. Brad, <laughs> right, go to pass right now. Go to channel 33 or whatever it was. You need to go right now. Yeah. yeah see that Rick Rude. Tommy Dreamer. And they're doing promos for Barely Legal with Taz and fucking Sabu. And oh my God, that's that's anyway. So this match sucks. And it's uh, that was a good match. But the match at WrestleMania 2 is like a, a negative five stars. Minus five stars. stars. No, I don't know if it's that bad. That's where I was going with it. Like full from the Botchamania. I appreciate it. Shout out Botchamania, Matthew. Botch. Um, um, uh, real quick before we do rate it, how old do you think Moolah is here? Uh, 50 something. 
60? 65? 62, if my math is right. My math may be wrong, but I think yeah. 62. Wow. Oh, wait, 86 to maybe, maybe 52. I feel like she's super fucking old here. Because wasn't yeah. she like 80 years old when they were around in Attitude Era? And that's 20 years after this. She was the first octogenarian champion in 99, so... So 62 um, adds up. Yeah. So. Okay. 60 fucking 2. I mean, she'd be oh, better I than... Um, I will when I'm 62. I'm sure she'll be dead by then. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> oh, did you know also that Velvet McIntyre... Oh, fuck it. We could, that's, this is like the after the after stuff, if you want to rate yeah. it first, or we can talk about that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. We can rate this. I'm going to give it uh, zero HBKs. This is literally zero HBKs. Don't watch it. Not recommended. Yeah, I, I'm not even gonna like go in turns at zero. It's never you never have to watch this. But these people, hey, they got hey, paid so the fifteen hundred bucks, so that's great. And a, and yes. a, a hot dog, hot dog, and a handshake. Uh, Mula got paid about eight grand, but uh, Velvet, you know, three fifty. Three fifty. Three fifty. Velvet McIntyre does go on to beat Mula for the title. Oh really? Yeah, later oh. that year, she gets a little rain. On July 86, she has a six-day rain and loses it back to fucking Moolah you know, on an Australian tour. Australian tour, yeah, yeah. I remember reading that now. <laughs> so right there, one more reason, make her a Hall of Famer. Tag champ. Yeah, former champ. Yeah, she's a Grand Slam champs. champion for all we're considering. Um, Just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, zero. So uh, Zero. Um, so as we stated, we don't have to pick one for next time because we're just going to record two right now, but... That's in a second because this one is over. much like much like LA Knight's catchphrase. This one's over. Much, um, much like everything about LA Knight. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, so uh, I want to congratulate the great Moolah. Does she have fucking the great Moolah? That's what I said. <laughs> I knew it. I said it. it was I too funny to stop. I need somebody who's an artist to paint the Moolah face paint on Moolah. <laughs> That's what I need. I need that right now. Muda Mula mashup that we all need. Um, we all need it. I want to congratulate the fabulous Mula, also originally known as uh, the Slave Girl Mula, slave by girl the way. <laughs> slave Girl Mula. Yep. So that's fun. Interesting time, <laughs> the fifties. Um, but no, I want to congratulate uh, the fabulous Mula on winning uh, WrestleMania two and <laughs> say Velvet. Uh, red velvet, velvet. Red velvet. I don't. I mean, Mula doesn't even have music to play, does he? No, we're moving on. So now we have another match. What match do we have to choose from this one? Uh, the second match. What do we choose? Turn the page. Hey, we had match number one hundred and ninety-one from WrestleMania nineteen, held on March thirtieth, two thousand three, at Safeco Field in Seattle, Washington, in front of fifty-four thousand ninety-seven people for the WWE Tag Team Championships. A triple threat match: Los Guerreros versus Team Angle. Versus Chris Bend, redacted, and Rhino. Yeah, continuing our recent tradition of having triple threat tag matches. Uh, yeah, or Ra- or Randy Orton, Randy matches, Orton which, matches. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one is of the triple threat variety. Although this is more of a traditional, you can tag anybody, only two guys in the ring at a time variety as opposed to the... And there are rules. Yeah, there are rules. They mention, they never mentioned there's no DQ or count up, but there can't be, right? I don't know. Can there be? They're, they're enforcing rules, so there must have been. It's tough to say in, in, in this sort of scenario. You know why, though? Wrestling. You know? Wrestling. It's all good. We'll Wrestling. just accept. 
He'll suck. Uh, just while we're out, uh, just talk about the guys in the match really fast. Los Guerreros, obviously, Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Eddie Guerrero. Chavo yeah. looking jacked, but yeah, they... Uh, Eddie looking jacked. Everybody looking jacked. It's the jacked era, bro. I mean, nothing mm-hmm. bad can come from that. Um, mm. And uh, Team Angle is Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas, who I both fucking love. And this is like, man, this is... I was so into them at this point. And obviously, I'm not going to redact it. Chris Benoit... And uh, the man beast Rhino. So we got six pretty damn good athletes and six damn good wrestlers. Yeah, six of uh, people's uh, various corners of the world will tell you is their favorite wrestler. Maybe maybe four. I don't know if anyone's picking uh, Charlie Haas as their all time favorite, but I like Charlie Haas. Me too. Charlie Haas is great. Um, had a comeback a couple years ago. Yeah, but this is WWE Tag Team Championship, so there's no, there's only one, one title. There's no brand split yet. I don't think is there a brand split yet. So the titles are blue. It makes me think there must be SmackDown titles, but they don't mention it as being yeah. specific to anything. And for what it's worth, Wikipedia also states them as the WWE Tag Team Championships. Like there was only one champion at the moment, and it was coming into the match. Team Mangle, yes, Team Mangle's champ yep. coming in, and they're only champs for a little while. They only had the title and this run for since February a month February like February yeah they beat Los Guerreros yeah in February they uh, held them until the summer I think they might have got them back again but then they were split up when the uh, during the draft so anyway that's how they ended yeah so going into this yeah they did beat the Guerreros on February sixth and who they won it at Survivor Series the previous year so that was their what I don't know who it's against I thought you were gonna ask me who's it against. Yeah, who did the Greyhounds beat? Uh, yeah, fucking. I don't know. The Bashams, who was around then? I don't know either. I okay. don't know either. Oh, okay. And I didn't write it down and I forgot. I don't. Maybe it was Team Angle. No, they were. No, I don't think so. According to my research on them, they just. They've only won it. Son of a bitch. That's where I'm good at is asking me who they beat, and I fucking don't remember, which makes me believe it might be the damn Guerreros. Anyway, uh, 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 Chris Benoit. Had been teaming with Kurt Angle, like mm-hmm. through the previous fall and into the winter, but then Angle got the Rumble push and then the Mania push here for the Lesnar match. So that kind of Angle or Benoit without a fucking crutch to talk for him. So uh, they put Rhino with him, who also can't talk for shit. So they're just like beat the fuck out of guys, guys. I guess. Yeah, I don't know the story of how they're a tag team, how long they were a team, why they were a team at all. I don't know that there's much of a reason given other than Benoit was getting jumped and beat up by, like, Team Angle and Rhino had returned because he had neck surgery. He was gone for 16 months, and he came back and, and saved Benoit. And this yeah. is just a way to be like, here we go, you're in shape, you're healthy-ish now, and let's put you on in a program, I'm guessing. But it works. I mean, they're both just like, like I said, they're both beat the fuck out of guys, guys. You know? Yeah. They're both yeah. very intense. I like. Very intense. Very intense. <laughs> um, Two guys I, I would not want to probably have a match, uh, a dark match against as like a local guy because I'm going to get the fuck kicked out of me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Go on record as Rhino guy. A big fan of Rhino ever since Same ECW. Team. He's fucking awesome. I'm just we like. We saw him. <laughs> we did. There's just was something there, about him that you're just like, man, this guy is... Maybe it's his giant legs and the gore. And the, yeah, well, that's what... I mean, he's as thick as he is tall. You know yeah. what I mean? His legs yeah. are tree trunks. And there's some pretty good fun edge stories of like them getting stuck in the ice and Rhino like pushing, trying to push the truck. And he's just a powerful dude trying to gore this truck out of the ice. And, and he's, a, he's from Michigan, so that helped. Like That's the little connection yes. we got. But he's we saw him at an ECW show in October 2000 against Tajiri. And he was champ. Rhino was champ. There you go. I yeah. don't remember those details, but I do remember seeing him. <laughs> Trust me. You got chili oil blood on you. 
I did get Chili Willy's blood on me. Chili Willy, hope you're doing all right. Yeah, speaking of... We're blood uh, brothers. No, speaking of where'd you go, Chili Willy. Um, but yeah, they just aligned with Benoit, and like, because the team angle had been feuding with the Guerreros a little bit, and there was the... It, they just, it's Now it's a match. It's just a title match, it's a triple threat, and it's at WrestleMania. Um, not a ton... I mean, that's the story. There's just... Yeah. They're good wrestlers having wrestling matches for the title, I think. I don't think there's like beef or heat or bad blood or callbacks. Yeah. No? That's fine. I, yeah. That happens. Yeah. Especially with these so, throw these tag team guys together matches, you know what I mean? Sometimes they have nothing. So I mean, we kind of had one last week where it was like, I want the belt. No, I want the belt. Okay, let's have a match. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And that's a little bit interesting how we just talked about a match that's a minute and 25 seconds and we had, you know, enough story to fill 20 minutes in this match. Uh, we're, we're here at WrestleMania now, everybody. <laughs> Did, you see what, Did you see what's live at WrestleMania before the entrances of these guys? Um, a really good rock promo. A rock heel good rock promo. But he got real serious at the end of it. You could yeah. tell that the moment mattered to him. It was so a thing. I liked it. It was very. I love he, just, he just walks away with no catchphrase, no if you smell. Just he just kind of nods, like yep, and, and walks it. away. I was like, damn, that was actually. This is good powerful. Hollywood rock heel, man. This is my favorite rock. Was this? He had the really slow entrance music, and he was a dick, and he was singing, and he was like. A villain, like he was yeah. an evil villain. It was great. Yeah, that's my favorite rock. Anyway, so yeah, that was really fun, and they booed him out of the building. But Viva La Raza! Uh, we got like the really upbeat Los Guerreros music. To let us know that this is Babyface Eddie Guerrero because he has Babyface music. That's right. Wearing I'm not lying. Um, it's a thing. I believe you. I'm, yeah. they, that's what they did forever. Remember when they put a upbeat thing to Mankind's music to make us know he was a face? You're like, a good guy yeah, now. Doesn't work. You gotta do something. Yeah. Else. Just slow it down and make it slightly more sinister with some synth over the top, and you're like, oh, he's a heel now. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean that that still happens in Balor's music. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yep. That's yep. Bum, bum, bum. Anyway, um, I love so, his new music, by the way. The oh, new Judgment Day music, it yeah. is a banger. They're all good. All I of them. I know Priest is great, too. And, and Rios gets stuck in my head. I don't listen yep. to the Dom one much, but the, no. the full Judgment Day one, and then those three, yeah, kind of a repeat thing. Yeah, yeah. anyway, they're good. Anyway, what tangent, we? but uh, music matters to us. Music uh, matters, because the next music we hear, by the way, no car. They don't come out in a car. Oh, uh, yeah, well, it probably is the ramp, right? They're more of a ramp than normal, didn't they? That's was true. It? Big ramp. I think this is... Wasn't Angle fired? Not Angle. Guerrero. So he had already been fired and he came back. Yeah, because he was gone in like in 2001 and like 2002. If you think about it, he wasn't around. He got fired. This is probably him. His first mania after getting rehired. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. He was hurt. Yeah, he, well, he also got let go for a while. Because that's when he works in Indies. He had an indie match with CM Punk and some guys, if you remember that happening. Nope. <laughs> oh, there's a really, really good indie match. I, I believe it's CM Punk and him. I think. Huh? I think. Maybe Cole Cabana, too. Nonetheless, some good shit out there. Um, So he's back here, yeah. But, man, Chavo, you have been lifting weights, sir. <laughs> well, good for you. Good for you, because holy shit. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, 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 sign of the times, because everybody's just... Like 3% body fat and just jack to the gills. Eddie Guerrero looks like um, a golf ball on a tee. He's like, he's all. <laughs> little oh, tiny oh. waist and just gigantic body. Little you're legs, like, yeah. Legs. And you're like, it doesn't belong on there, does it? I don't think that belongs on there. 
Benoit's a little bit like that too. When we yes, to he is. It's very yeah. It's very uh, speaking of, of that, ben, that, that's who's out next. So it's perfect. So Chris Benoit comes out next, and he's got the classic Chris Benoit music without the singing on it yet, which is tight. I, I like this Benoit music. Um, it's interesting to think that like this is WrestleMania 19, and that the next year at 20 is such that such a big night for Eddie and, and Chris. And this is kind of like yeah, jumping off point, right? Right, they're sort of just mid-card tag title match. Uh, this one and in the next year is a big year for both. You're right. Big year for both. That's how the damn show ends, you know. Spoiler, it's above heads. But uh, yeah, uh, Rhino, love the Rhino music too, man. Oh, me too. So here's the thing. As I heard it, I was like, oh, this is the music that's been stuck in my head for 20 years. And I can't remember whose it is. It's Rhino's. You should play it. Let's just see. I just want to hear it. Was easy we to lie. find. We cheat. We steal. Hey, no. We oh, what? You find too many. No, I'm just kidding. You did too many. You did um, too <laughs> uh, Kurt Angle's music hits next because that's what Team Angle uses for their instrument music. So that's and it's early Kurt Angle music, like the one before it got real rocky with like drums and shit. It did. That was always the same, yeah, pretty much. Got, no, it got real, real bad. It got oh, okay. real bad. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but. Uh, it's still Del Wilkes the Patriot at this point, so just pretty much just dun, 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 right? I know, yeah, totally Del Wilkes the Patriot, R.I.P. Uh, but even though uh, Charlie Haas, Shelton Benjamin, pretty young, pretty new, pretty like not been around very long, you know, University of Minnesota and University of Seton Hall wrestling all Americans, legit, both of them. Um, but I don't think they've been rostered very long. Been rostered very long. We didn't talk about them earlier. November, so November. They uh, were debuted in November. They were the uh, insurance policy for Paul Heyman to make sure that uh, Kurt Angle didn't lose the title or something. Um, Makes sense. That's what I read on the most reliable news source for wrestling in the world, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Um, so that's where they came from. That's it. And then they were there to defend and protect. Uh, Kurt Angle for whatever reason. I don't know why Heyman's idea was to keep, I don't know, but Well, I think it was also kind of like a here's two young dudes that are kind of like him and have credentials like yes. him and he can mentor them and then bring them up and they make them a thing. They essentially joined the academy. So, um the the academy. Academy. Hopefully I still have that clip saved. Um <laughs> I had to do it. It was the point of contention for our previous episode. Um, by the way, Rhino's huge. Probably, you can tell, you know, even though he had neck surgery, you know, for 16 months, he's, uh, he didn't stop working out because <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, none this of them the did. best shape I've ever seen Rhino in. They did mention too, as Benoit was coming out, that he was watching WrestleMania 18 from the press box with tears in his eyes because he all he wanted to do was participate in it. So. True. He had neck surgery as well. They were both out with neck injuries. And then during the match, they mentioned that Edge was out with a neck surgery. And I was like, what the fuck's going on during this time? Everyone's jacked to the gills and everyone needs neck surgery. 
Yeah, I wonder if almost, it's almost like you work out too hard because your body can't recover properly because of the drugs running through your system, so it deteriorates the spinal fluid and makes your fucking joints deteriorate. Also bumps, you know? Bumps, bumps. Also bumps. But I'm sure one doesn't help the other, but also, you know, bumps. It's, um, a, t- it's a time. We learned, right? This is well, the- shit, this is Austin's last match for 20-something years is this night because, you know, neck surgery. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, I remember, yeah, that's sort of how it is. It's a sad reality of the business, but it seems to be a lot less neck surgeries happening lately, so they yeah, figured out something. Yeah, guys get dropped on their head every day. Yeah, it's wild. Stupid. Darby yeah. Allen hasn't had neck surgery yet. I'm not really sure how. Maybe he doesn't have a neck. He might just be made of elastic, for what I saw last night. I don't know. But, uh... How does he get thrown around? Just, like, come on, man. Every backbreaker looks like he's dying. He took a freaking suplex on the top of the turnbuckle. Bounced I off. How. I don't know how. Anyway. He got thrown down the steps by Ethan Page and, and Scorpio Sky like two years ago, and he literally, was him, took two stairwells. It's concrete outside. Yeah. Uh, respect, but also, come on, dude. Yeah, come on, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, come on. Um, so we're back here, nineteen two thousand three. Here we're back in two thousand three. Michael Cole and Taz on headset. Jimmy Cornell yeah. is your referee. Um, but I digress. Fast, but I digress. Fast match, fast pace all the way through. Um, yeah, it's it looked like they spot, 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 spot. There's are like maybe two rest holds very early on, and it's fireworks. Yeah, it looked like they were uh, trying to cram thirty minutes into twelve. Uh, they were absolutely flying, and I noticed it after just pu- pulling it up cold and watching it. I was like, "Look at them! Look at them! Like boom, boom! Everything they did was with pace and with pace and with more pace and increased pace." And I was like, "This is a uh, uh, work rate, but also like this is them trying to get their shit in so everybody could do stuff on a one night show." The beauty of that triple threat though thing too, because yes. there's always a fresh guy, so there's always no, there's nobody you have to wear down. So there's always a fresh dude that can come in for the save or the kick or the double team. Or that's and that's what it is. Big chops early on, just ripping the shit out of the fucking young boys in that match angle and, and or a Haas, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, like that standing the standing drop kick from Eddie Guerrero at one point in this match. That is amazing. Phenomenal. Like, I'm not really sure how he got up that fast. I'm not sure how he got over that fast. I mean just I'm like I'm so glad that we both took note of that because shit. it is like maybe the best I've ever remember seeing yeah, in my it's, life. It's such with such fluidity. I don't know Make how else to explain standard. it. Make yeah. that the standard for a standing dropkick. Taz making comments about... about you forget what it even was at this point, too, but he was pretty funny. And Seppin Taz commentary did rear its head during this match when Eddie goes to go up to the top and he starts yelling something and then Taz goes, Ah, oh, viva la raza! That, that, means, <laughs> that means it's the frog splash coming. And Cole goes, What? Oh, viva la raza! Olale! You know that means frog splash! Wow, that was 20 years ago. He still does that shit. <laughs> Just for the record, I fucking love Taz's commentary. I always have. Um, I like him even more now than I used to. But I think that he knows that that's what he is now, and he yes. just leans into it. But he also knows but the shit, too. He can he call a match. shit, and he's serious, and he knows muscles and bones and anatomy and what holds are called and who used it and how it feels, because he says that a lot. I've been in this before, Tony, and I don't feel good. Put that pressure <laughs> on your lower spine. Kind of like, uh, kind of like uh, when you hit the dance floor. But I digress. <laughs> you know? But it's great. Yeah, it's hey, great. It's, it's his own brand, right? It's his own, like, you know, this is, uh, this is, <laughs> it's his Again, own thing. Again, shout out to Botchamania, because just watch some Botchamania, and you get, like, the thunder. 
thunder rolls ahead. I just remember when it went fucking Renee Dupree. WWF had the poodle and he would do like the little jump step thing. He goes, hey, I'm a French guy doing French things, doing French stuff, doing the French thing. I'm a French man. I got a French tickle I hope my Taz impersonation with my voice is doing justice to Taz. Okay. All it's right, good. But I, dig- but I digress. Back to the match. <laughs> <laughs> and then you make that stupid, the sign, with like he's all drawn out dumb. Yes. Like, yeah, it's perfect. Anyway, super great. Hey. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Ruby, 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 I'm sorry. That was really I'm sorry. Great. Uh, big superplex in this match. Benoit in there doing some pretty good stuff. Big cross that crossface stuff. There's a couple little reverses into some things that I thought were pretty good. Yep. I mean, it's just good, good high pace working wrestling work rate shit, man. Yeah, Eddie hits a nice brain buster on Benoit. So honestly, the highlight of the match for me was when Eddie and Benoit were in there, and I know that. Like, of course. Of course. Eddie versus Redacted. Uh, it's tough, right? Because you can't be like, this is great and you should go watch this because it's like it's fucking Benoit. It's yeah, it's tough. But if you But them two together, see, like, oh my God. Yeah, it's just, it's, that's just the chemistry. Yeah, it's just the and perfection of everything. Just the and execution. Looks, and it looks like it hurts so fucking bad because it does. Because yeah. they're friends. And you hit your friends harder because you yeah. know you're friends with them. You know? And man, there's just, just like, even just at one point, there's like a shoulder tackle and it looked like it hurts yes they both like collided with each other at full speed and I'm like it, like ow man yeah there's a really it did good look like a bit of like miscommunication maybe there's a really good elbow by like I think Charlie Haas earlier in the match it looks like he just takes out Eddie Guerrero's takes off his head too at one point I think um, yeah but those guys hold their own to for only being on main roster here for like less than six months now granted they're not new wrestlers because Shelton Benjamin and both those guys Spoiler, not spoiler. Uh, he was who was uh, Shelton Benjamin's tag team partner in OVW. More trivia than a spoiler, I guess. Shelton Benjamin's tag team partner in OVW. I'm gonna guess Brock Lesnar. It was Brock Lesnar. Do you know the team name? Mm, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. No, I don't know. Nailed it! Nailed it! Nailed it! Who Is that was right? Charlie Haas? Yeah, hundred nailed it. Who was Charlie Haas's tag team partner? Russ Haas. Russ Haas, R.I.P. Russ Haas. R.I.P. Russ Haas. R.I.P. Russ Haas. Ever got a shot? I just imagine what that team would have done in wrestling. They'd probably still be going, doing Hardy Boy shit. You know what I mean? Agreed. Yeah, Russ passed away. I forget what he passed away from, but um, they were both working in wrestling, and he was pretty young. He had a pre-existing heart condition and actually had a heart attack in 2001. That's that's wicked, man. So if you ever watch a Charlie Haas match, you'll see it in this, too. He has uh, Russ written on his uh, top of his hand on his wrist tape. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Um, yeah, they hold their own here. And then Chavo, we didn't talk much about Chavo or like even Rhino in the match, but because everything hurts. The yeah. Rhino gores are just phenomenal to see it because he looks like he's just literally going to run through you. It's the best gore. It's the best gore spear. Him and Edge, I think, are kind of one and two, out so, in my opinion. So there's two things about the match that I remember that I wanted to point out. One, there's an audible uh, you talk too much moment. Uh, they sit, What he calls double headbutt, and they bounce off the ropes and both knock heads together and I was like ew I heard every one of that um, but then also I do like the finish um, with all the goring because it's great but yeah got, anyway. got a couple of them um, there's a we get a frog splash pin and a big break and a breakup late in the match also we get the German suplexes too from uh, from uh, Benoit on a Chavo so we get a and I think That's it's right. four and that gets broken up too so he tags out Benoit. after you know the fourth is? he tags out to uh, somebody and then 
Yeah, but the the frog splash breaks up the pin. There's a pin. Oh, there There's you go. That's frog right. splash. Frog splash pin breakup is what I wrote down, and that makes much more sense. Here's <laughs> yeah. a question. I have. I do have a question, and yeah. I don't know if you noticed it, but do you remember when you're looking on hard cam? Okay, uh-huh. you're showing the ring. Do you remember which corner the Guerreros were working out of and tagging out of? Back left, I thought. Back, back right. So back oh. left, back left, Rhino Benoit, Team Angles front right, and back right was Los Guerreros. Okay. Chavo tags in. Chavo gets pinned, right? Chavo takes the fall. He uh-huh. tags in from the opposite corner. He's just huh. kneeling down on the apron, and whoever's active in the ring, they tag him in tags, really quick. Yeah. And then he comes in and runs in, and that's the finish. So that's when Rhino hits the gore, and then... And uh, how does Team and Team Angle does a roll up or something, right? So after the gore, um, Rhino gets pulled out of the ring by Eddie Guerrero, and Shelton Benjamin slides in and covers Chavo for the one, two, three. For the one, two, three, for the steal, the win. So Team Angle yeah. retains at eleven minutes and forty eight seconds in a barn burner of eleven minutes and forty eight seconds. Yeah, Beyond, you got us with you. Probably didn't need any more than that. Probably didn't need any more story to it. Probably was right what it needed to be. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, better than a match you'd see on Raw or SmackDown. Better than yep, with more stakes and um, I don't know, it's a title match, right? Just big yeah. names. What yeah. do you want to rate it? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm with you. You want me to go first? Three. Top of my head. Three. Three. Better, better than average. Better than average. Not the, the not the next not the best match on the card. That's the match after this. Live on, on the show. Um spoiler if we ever get that. Aaron gets to come on. Spoiler. Um but it was just solid. You wanna see what wrestlers did in two thousand three, what a good match looked like. Solid six dudes, man. Yep. <clears throat> Nailed yep. it. Yeah, I could uh fine with who won, fine with how they won. Nothing wrong, but nothing not on not on like you need to watch it. Yeah, you're right. It feels more like um, it feels more like uh, yeah, you don't need to watch it, and it's kind of a bumper down for it because despite that, it was good. It was just short mid card filler tag team triple threat match from a pay per view in 2003. Doesn't have to be special, but um, I want it to be. It can be. It doesn't need. It doesn't need to be terrible, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so thank yeah. you for not being terrible and being a three, in my opinion. But it's also it's leaning two and a half because it's really it's there's not much to it, but it was good. I, I enjoyed I, it. I agree. It's on the it's on the two and a half side of three more than the three and a half side of three for sure. If we did really really broke it down, like two and three quarter stars, probably two and three quarter HBKs. You know what I mean? Yeah, above average. Yes, you should watch it for the different things. Yes, you can watch it. Don't skip it. You know what I'm saying? But, but if you don't see it, you're fine. You didn't really miss anything. Yeah, right. If you saw these guys' careers, you pretty much saw this match. You, yeah, you know. that's true too. You know, this it's, isn't like a McMahon, like McMahon versus McMahon, where you're like, you got to watch that match. You got, you just, you got to see, it. you got to see it to understand it. You know. Yeah, for sure. No, but at the same time, if you didn't see these guys' careers and you wanted to see what it looked like, watch this match. Right. Nailed it, dude. Nailed it, dude. So, Nailed yeah. it, dude. I mean, even Chavo, because Chavo got some real nice reverse and stuff and some big, deep arm drags and shit. Like, I feel like I didn't give Chavo enough flowers in this match at Rhino, but, like, everybody had their shine. Man, yep. it worked mm-hmm. out. It was good. Three, yeah. Nailed it. Fucking. Three. Uh, so, after this, Eddie and Tajiri are actually become tag team champions. Chavo gets hurt, yeah. and they and the replacement in a tag match is Tajiri, and they fucking win the tag titles. Mm-hmm. And uh, Team Angle uh, is no more. 
by the time June rolls around, they're not even a team anymore, and they kind of go off and do their thing, own thing, I think. They got split up um, in the draft at some point. I know that. And, so. and then I felt, think Shelton got some IC love, and, and Charlie Haas got to feud with, like, Billy Gunn and Jamie Noble and some of these guys, I think. And uh, Chris Benoit, rocket ship up his asshole with the toothless aggression going on and really, like, stays doing some tag shit through the summer. Rhino turns on him in June, too, by the way. Rhino goes heel, and they kind of split. They feud a bit. They're out in a match at SummerSlam that's probably pretty good. So when we start Random Slam, when we get the four-way match of 2003 with, like, I think it's an IC or U.S. title, it's like Rhino, Benoit, Eddie, and something. I guess it's great. Huh. Uh, and then, uh, you know, yeah. championships. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Haas was interesting. He ended up, did you know about this, like, gimmick he started doing in 08? Where he was like impersonating everybody's uh, everybody's stuff. He came out as like Hoss Hogan and stuff, and like sort of the, what was uh, before Axelmania stuff. Axelmania's like ten or, years or before. Even before Sandow stuff, even yeah, which was you know Big Show did that for a while. Do you know if you remember that shit? Remember he came out just like Dusty and stuff, but Mm-mm. no, I don't remember Charlie Haas doing that. Yeah, he had a so little. That's in, probably indicative of how good it was. Yeah, August of '08 or so, from what I read, he was coming. Out, he impersonated like a ton of people, and I was, I was like, I don't, I never knew any of this, so it must not be yeah. good. He was having I'm dark matches too at this time. Another fun thing I read too, he was having dark matches where he was himself, but then he'd put on this luchador mask and he would do all these luchador moves, like he had a different persona, and then the guy would rip off his mask and he'd go back to being Charlie Haas. No, I vaguely recall that. I vaguely okay. recall hearing or reading about this. I vaguely recall. That sounds funny. That sounds funny. I'll do that. That, that sounds, sounds funny. great. Seems like somebody took his idea, put a twist on it, and turned it into Festus a little bit, though. Remember Festus, that Luke Gallows come out? I actually it. don't. I wasn't Looking. watching wrestling. Jesse and Festus. Oh, Jesse was uh, Terry Gordy's son, Terry Gordy of the Fabulous Freebirds. Yeah. Uh, his kid, and then Festus, who was a uh, 22-year-old, 40-year-old. He looked like he was 40 or 50, but it's... It's Luke, it's Luke Gallows. Gallows, Gallows. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he'd come out and he'd have his tongue kind of like sticking out and he'd kind of look like he was like, you know, like he needed some help in life, like he couldn't think for himself. And then the bell would ring and he'd become a maniac and murder everybody in the room. <laughs> okay, yeah. But so, I don't know. Similar. It's, it's similar, but uh, it's around that time, so that could be a thing. Well, Charlie he was Haas, doing flying heads and shit. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know if he was doing that. I would love to see the Charlie Haas thing. I'll have to go back and look for that. Yeah. If nothing else, we gained some nuggets from this episode. Um, but yeah, and then of course, um, Sheldon Benjamin probably is the one who wrestled the longest out of everybody in this match. Don't you think? He's still there. Yeah. He's still oh yeah. Right now. He's still yeah. He's still there. <laughs> well, he's, he did leave. He was gone for a number of years, but he's totally back. Yeah. So good for him. But uh, the gold standard. Gold standard. Ain't no stop with me. No. Let's pick one for next time. We're going to pick one for next time while we get our stuff ready. Do us a favor. Go to Instagram, Random Mania Podcast. Find us on there. Go to Facebook at Random Mania Podcast on there. Probably the best two ways to get a hold of us. We are on Amazon Music. Is that right, Brett? Amazon Music. Yeah, Amazon Music. Amazon Podcast Music. Not on Spotify yet. We're trying to get there. Uh, We are on uh, Apple Podcasts. That's probably the best way to find us. Anywhere else? Uh, Random Mania Podcast uh, WordPress.com is where it's actually hosted. You can listen to every episode on demand whenever you want, just by going through and looking through the archives. There's some good ones. There's some good ones and some not so good ones. It's up to you to figure out which ones. Yeah. 
It's fucking bingo. You gotta just hope that you get the right one and not step on a landmine. We're gonna pick a match between zero and four hundred and three because there are four hundred and three matches in all the main cards of WrestleMania. We don't do pre-match or interview stuff. Uh, if we get zero, we can pick any of that stuff or a match as long as it's WrestleMania related. Are you ready? I am ready. We got a bunch of doubles last time. Let's see what happens today. Oh, it's a late one. Three seventy-one. Three seventy-one. 371 is very new. 371 is Rhea Ripley versus Asuka. Really? Rhea Ripley versus Asuka from WrestleMania? 37. It's right before Reigns Edge Bryan. Oh, before the main before the main event main event on night two. So this has been like um search for a title. One of them must have won the Royal Rumble. Twenty twenty, weren't you there? 2021? Ronda won. 2021, sorry. Ronda won. When I went. Ronda and Brock won. That was... What year did you go? There wasn't one. 21 didn't have fans. 21, you were on... uh, You were on the freaking... Thunderdome for Royal Rumble 21. That was 21, yeah. That was Edge and Bianca. Okay. Okay, so never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll figure out how Rhea Ripley <laughs> wanted to fight Asuka so bad that they had to have a it match. Sounds like a banger of a match, though, and I'm willing to bet it is. I'm willing to bet it is. So yeah, this is from. Here's uh, the fucked up thing. I don't know who's champ, and I don't know who wins this match. And this was two years ago. Yeah, three years ago. 2021 wrestling, not old wrestling. That's okay. This gives me a reason to go back and watch it again. That's the mm-hmm. point of the show, and Rhea. I think you should all watch it too. But that's mm-hmm. next time. This That's. I want to go watch football. We gotta wrap this up. Yeah, we gotta go. Uh, much like uh, the Buffalo Bills' chance of winning the Super Bowl season, this one is over before it ever started. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this final match of or final final <laughs> round of Randomania. Tune in next time to hear Brad with his new host talk about Oscar and Rhea Ripley, or mm-hmm. the new Randomania with me and Aaron. <laughs> we do only Jericho matches. Yeah, 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 because you're not getting him on this show, apparently. We don't talk Jericho here. He's a, he's a persona non grata, apparently, according to the random number generator. Um, but I do want to thank and congratulate, more importantly, the world's greatest tag team, Team Angle, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, for retaining your blue tag team championship belts <laughs> in WrestleMania 19. That's fun. T-Mobile Park now. They just had the home run derby there a couple of months ago, and that was mm-hmm. where WrestleMania 19 was. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about that. I didn't watch that live. I watched it on videotape four hours after it aired. But anyway, it's not important. What is important is that Rhino Crispin, Eddie Guerrero, and Chavo Guerrero. You're all fired. <laughs>